Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What do you do when no one else is watching? What do you do that makes you happy for no reason at all? What are you obsessed with? I'm Leslie Arfin, and I'm a writer, but I'm also a dancer, a painter, a vapor, a dollhouse enthusiast, and basically just an overall hobbyist. My podcast, Filling the Void, is all about what other people are fanatically into. We talk about hobbies, even if you don't have one. Listen to Filling the Void on Tuesdays on the Erios Network. And subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com Hi, it's Dave here. This is my wife, Kathy. Hello. This is the Cinema the podcast where we walk home from the movies. And this is our special bumper end-of-year edition where we look back at uh, 2021 in movies. And uh, for all you regular listeners, you know the scene. If you're new to the cinema, there's no spoilers here. There won't be any spoilers um, for any of the movies we're going to talk about. What we're going to do is we're going to go through our each of our top fives. This is a surprise to each of us. Yeah, Lister Secret. And I think this is our sixth year doing this. Uh, sixth or seventh, yeah. yeah. Twenty sixteen, we started this, um, and we keep the list top secret in our household. They are not discussed before we hit record. So we do our top. We each go through our top five best movies of the year. Then we'll go through honorable mentions. Then we'll go through disappointments, and then we'll go to worst. Yes. So yeah. we, uh, you know, like a, like a lot of you, weren't able to get to the cinema um, as much as we could, uh, or as much as we would have liked to this year. Um, however, a lot of stuff did land on our telly boxes at home, yep. which was helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, however, um, our lists are not exhaustive, right? We did not see, we didn't even see close to all the movies that were released. We didn't pro- probably didn't see as many movies as you guys did. No, I know that our listeners are see way more movies than we <laughs> yeah. did. So there's definitely going to be huge glaring omissions. Just assume that yeah. either we haven't seen that movie um, or. Um, we didn't like it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but honestly, we so funny for a movie podcast. Like um, both of us actually have full time jobs, and we've two kids, one of whom still only one. So we're kind of coming out of the newborn stage, and it's just been a tricky year to watch films. We were hoping the twenty twenty two has a lot more view, movie watching for us. Um, we will, however, be doing a best TV of the year roundup. Which will be more exhaustive because we've pretty much watched every piece of TV that's come yeah. out this year, that's and, for sure. And we're probably going to publish these around the same time. Yeah. So if you head to the feed when you uh, finish this or you want to listen to that first, uh, head over to the TV one. Yeah. Quick, also, no, another small bit of business. Uh, I'm not doing a best games of the year um, with my friend Tom this year 
just from the very simple um, uh, reason that I, I didn't really play any video games this year, so that wouldn't be a very good episode. You and, just played all games. Neither did he. Um, <laughs> but may, may I, well, we, we still would like to do that um, when I get when I get my life back and can play video games. Um, so I, one, oh no, one more thing I'd like to say, just like so the you're um, doing this thing I the do podcast do that I hate, I know, where they ramble do at the top. business at the top of the podcast. But um, I will say that the um, I found that there might be a point, and this has happened to me previously, where I. <laughs> I discover a movie that I forgot I'd watched that I want to be on the list um, because I find like when I do these lists I felt you know that feeling you get when you go on holidays and you think like you know you lock up and you get in the car and then you drive away and then you're like oh, I got that feeling that I forgot something I get that feeling every time I make these lists like I feel oh, like yeah, I feel like there's this huge brilliant movie I watched in like February that I just can't remember. Yeah, because we don't do podcasts on all the movies we watch. So yeah, like we used to do because we used to see them all in the cinema. So then we could kind of so, easily. It's so scroll. easy. You just go to the cinema. <laughs> dot com as, as our, our memory feed. bank of what we saw. But we watched so many not in the cinema of this year that therefore we didn't do podcasts on that. Yeah, it's a little bit harder for us to remember this year. We digress. Anyway. Do you want to go exci- first? I'm excited to hear your list. Do you want to go first? Number five, Kathy. I do. Wanna, okay, I'll go first. Now, when we say best movies of the year, I mean the movies that like gave me the most pleasure this year, or the movies that really stuck with me. Yeah. Um. There is obviously no such thing as a best movie. It's entirely subjective. Um. And, and I really like rom coms, and it's a genre that has been done absolutely dirty for the last few years, particularly over on Netflix. Um, and I really like Groundhog Day and lo and behold a movie came along that I absolutely love this year and it's my favorite. is it Palm Springs? it's Palm Springs oh so good Um, what a great movie we watched it on I believe Amazon Prime we watched it over there absolutely brilliant Um, directed by Mark Barbacow his feature debut he also co-wrote it Um, and it stars Andy Samberg and Kristen Milotti uh, it's such a good rom-com. It will always, to me, be known as the mother from the mother How from I Met Your Mother. It is such a good rom-com. Um, it is a really good premise. It's very charming and sweet. It completely took me by surprise. We had a lot of you guys tweeting us saying, oh, you should watch this movie. I'm like, yeah, let's throw it on. It's only 90 minutes, which is obviously the dream duration. And boy, did it pack a punch in terms of being funny, sweet, clever really unique use of the premise which has been absolutely done to death in and, other and also movies. we watched it without knowing the premise we didn't even know the which premise which we've just kind of told you guys but uh, like mean, that's not the, a spoiler it's, it's in the, the trailer but if it's it, in the trailer it is like there was such a fun and exciting way to experience yeah, it's a movie. Groundhog Day-esque premise but done very differently from Groundhog Day and yeah, very we saw, innovative we've seen a lot of Groundhog Day rom-coms of late and horror movies it's, it, it's <laughs> yeah. become a genre in itself yeah. we said this in the review you know you got the Love Wedding Repeat which was kind of rubbish uh, Happy Death Day was pretty good, but this is it. It, it is in in fact a formula now, and it's, yeah, a, it's it a genre. And they do some really interesting twists and turns on it. It's done some really good, and it's properly romantic, which is what I love about a rom com. And it's properly funny. Yeah. And you'd be amazed at how many rom coms are neither romantic nor comedic. Yes. Um. So I just found joy in this movie this year, and um, if you haven't seen it go and watch it and we have a full review on it if you scroll back in our feed it is one of the ones that we watched at home but did a podcast on because we loved it so much yeah so that's Palm Springs over on Prime Video yeah that's my number five brackets we think and it's a we'll, movie I'll we'll, watch again which I'm not a rewatcher, but I'll watch this one again uh, yeah okay um, number five for me is a movie we saw in the cinema 
Um, and had a, one of the few I know, movies right? we saw and in the cinema this had year. A lo- had a really good, it's a, it's a movie um, that was also on Prime Video, uh, but we saw it in the cinema and I think is the preferred way to see it, um, was Sound of Metal starring uh, Riz Ahmed. Um, so for anyone who doesn't know, that's uh, the story of a uh, heavy metal drummer uh, who begins to lose his hearing, played by uh, Riz Ahmed. And is, I thought it's a really beautiful movie. Um, really, really, like, I, I say it's cinematic because it makes naturally great use of, of sound and audio. Um, yeah. It uh, put, it's the first time I felt like I was um, experiencing what it would be like to lose your hearing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it, it, it um, uses the medium of cinema um, and movies to convey that excellently I think Riz Ahmed does uh, a brilliant job of portraying somebody who's going through an incredibly affecting like transition and transformation in their life and the he's such a great actor isn't he he's absolutely outstanding yeah. he was up he didn't win but he was nominated for best actor and the sound designer Nicholas Becker won sound design Academy Awards the fact that I have that fact to hand yeah the fact that you're looking at your notes this may be further along it tells you two things one it's on Kathy's list two I should have done some research (laughs) didn't I just wrote down the names of the movies Kathy's got like notes oh no I write notes I'm a professional you're going to have to hold my hand and by professional I mean this is not professional at all it's not at all but I like taking notes Uh, but that's me I I really recommend it really really fantastic really like um just heart wrenching, and you know, you know, you said um, movies that stick with you. This, this is one that, you know, uh, I think will will stick with me. I, I, it's, it's a beautiful character journey as much as much as it is, it is as it is a, like a, an impressive sort of technical feat. Yeah, I was so glad we saw this in the cinema. The other way I thought might have been a cool way to experience it was um, like actually watching it like with headphones on at home. And I think with yeah. good headphones on, it could have been a very cool movie. It was also closed captioned the whole time, which was awesome. Which we and we thought at the time. There's also a review of this back on our feed if you're if you're interested in a full length one. Uh, but we thought at the time that we you know stumbled into a closed captioning screening of this movie, which you can do. You can yeah. you know they they screen closed captions of movies, but no, it's baked into the which of course it should be. Which of course yeah, yeah it's a movie yeah. about the deaf community, and it, and you know it makes you think shouldn't all movies just be closed captioned? That's that's the other thing. It felt like a very authentic sort of um, uh, insight into the deaf community. Mm-hmm. There's a whole you know, and there's um, um, there's a range of actors and experiences which are portrayed in, in uh, from that community, and that's another reason I love cinema is getting an insight into. Um, an area or facet of life which you just are, is alien to you right yeah. and that's you know so brilliant for that so a great film on to you Cathy number four <laughs> my number four is Sound of Metal oh wow um, you got anything to add I don't I mean I added my facts to your one um, I just again this was actually quite in this movie it just had such a lovely character stuff and I just found Riz Ahmed is such a great actor and I really like Olivia Cook and I thought they were great on screen together and it, it's all about the sound design but as you said it's about the deaf community and like I had known about tensions in the deaf community between uh, those who like lip read and engage with uh, the hearing community in that way in terms of like lip reading and speaking and then the kind of tension with people who um, want to only live with sign language and at a certain point in this movie they just they kind of explore cochlear implants and the kind of 
politicization of that and what that means to the deaf community and it was stuff I had vaguely known about but had never seen fully explored and and for me that was a fascinating in in like insight into that but also the movie just looked really different like it's kind of grimy like a lot of it's set on the road a lot of it's set in like a very low rent kind of um alcoholic treatment center because there's substance abuse in it as well and I really enjoyed how it looked and sounded and and it was very unique so that's my number four of the movie uh, of the year love it all right um so back to me for my number four of the year my number four of the year uh, is promising young woman uh, which we watched at home not in the cinema on uh, sky cinema had it I think yeah. right um, it of course had been supposed to be released and then there was a lockdown yeah this was mm-hmm. very early in the year this was released um, so it was uh, written and directed by Emerald Fennell mm-hmm. who correct me if I'm wrong uh, you've probably got this on your list so you've helped me with the research here no I'm not uh, I'm not giving you any research uh, she I made that mistake once she did that Jodie Comer show Killing Eve right yeah yeah okay so she's a which I haven't seen but you you know you and everyone else rate really highly I thought this was uh, just a tremendous movie right it was just so like energetic and fun which and which somehow balanced and sit very comfortably with the very dark and disturbing and uncomfortable subject matter. Yeah. And I think the to be able to handle those two tones because this is a funny movie, right? It's yeah. very funny. Um, while also like not doing dirty its subject matter and not only not doing it dirty, feeling like it really does it justice. Like it, it holds a spotlight to the hypocrisies of you know this current structure of society and 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 law and order and its failings mm-hmm. um and i think is a really educational tool for it was very current and it's a very like a, a proper sort of educational or awareness tool for men who may not be aware of their own um uh power slash sort of how how intimidating they can be yeah right um I won't say too much about what it's about. I think it's probably well documented, but let's just say Kerry Mulligan is <laughs> absolutely incredible. It's just a brilliant role. I never for her, knew right? she like. I always knew she was a good actress, but I never knew she was this good. An oh, actress. she's next level in this. Yeah. But it's a fun, amazing role to have. The movie is so incredibly well written and constructed. It's got a brilliant revenge sort of plot, which propels it. Um, it's got a kind of interesting romantic subplot. Bo Burnham shows up here. Um, in in a, a, a really a play, plays a really good role, um, but really Emerald Fennell's just like writer director. She's one to watch. You know that's a cliche, but Jesus Christ, I'll watch anything this woman makes. Now. Yeah. So that's a promising young woman at number four for me. Ooh, okay. Where's your number three, Kathy? My number three is a movie you haven't seen actually. Um, it just came out on Netflix last month oh. that I absolutely loved, which is called Tick Tick Boom. Uh, so I'm a big musical fan, not like a musical obsessive. Like I'm, I'm not someone who knows every musical, who goes to the musicals all the time. But when I do watch musicals, I absolutely love them. And um, I didn't even know what Tick Tick Boom was about when I watched. I don't it, know what it's about. Which shows how ignorant I am of the musical world. But it stars Andrew Garfield and Lin Manuel Miranda um, directed it, and it was his directorial debut. And it's a semi-autobiographical musical about Jonathan Larson. I figured out about halfway through 
oh John oh he must have written Rent <laughs> and he did so it took me half a movie to figure that out which shows my absolute um, negligence in terms of knowing anything about musical theatre but oh my god is it a brilliant movie and it's so interesting I had never heard of Tick Tick Boom it was the musical that Jonathan Larson wrote before he wrote Rent so this oh, is so like it is the a name movie of an adaptation. actual musical yeah and it's a movie oh, adaptation what? of that musical again I didn't know this as I started watching it so it took me a good five minutes to kind of understand what was unfolding on screen and I think Lin-Manuel Miranda is actually a very interesting director um, I think how he did it was brilliant the songs are amazing obviously the songs are by Jonathan Arson because it's his musical and the songs are just unbelievably good it's so vivacious and it's this very interesting backdrop which is set in 1990 amongst the AIDS crisis in New York City okay and basically it's so interesting Andrew Garfield is like trying to write a musical that's what the musical's about and he's so talented apparently like this he learned how to sing and play the piano properly for this role which you would never believe because he feels like a very accomplished singer and I'm sure in the very heavy piano bits he's not actually playing but he probably learned as much as say like Ryan Gosling learned for La La Land where like they're they are very naturally appearing to play the piano uh, Andrew Garfield is such a good dancer he's such a good singer he's a fucking superstar uh, I just never knew how good he was and then like subsequent googling I found out he had won a Tony award before for um, being on stage and apparently that's when Lin-Manuel Miranda saw Andrew Garfield on stage in Angels in America and then asked him to do this role okay um, anyway it's on Netflix and I just recommend it it's so joyous Um and it's really sad I didn't know about, again I'm so ignorant I didn't know about Jonathan Arson he actually died the day that Rent was about to launch on Broadway oh no so it's like really tragic with all that in mind um, he's such a young guy like this movie um, kind of opens with him exploring the fact that he was just reaching the end of his 20s he's like hitting 30 and I think he might have died by the time he was 35 um, but phenomenally talented anyway um, and a really great supporting cast as well so I totally recommend it but yeah Andrew Garfield has blown me away twice this year I'll say that much love him okay brilliant so that's your number three number three that's uh, Tick Tick Boom I wish I'd watch on, it with you because you would have loved it on Netflix I'm sure I will love it um, and we'll catch up on it that's why these lists are good because it puts <laughs> things more on your radar um, right my number three of the year is um, a, another movie we saw at the cinema um, and this is a movie this is a cinema movie it's a big cinema movie made for cinemas uh, it's Dune brackets part one I'm adding the brackets <laughs> if, they, if the bloody marketing uh, company and Warner Brothers won't do it I'll do it this is part one right so this is Denis Villeneuve's um, uh, adaptation of the Frank Herbert classic novel why do I sound like a, <laughs> why do I sound like IMDb um, did you just IMDb it? No, I just just I just started talking like a like a movie <laughs> narrator. Um, so uh, yeah, uh, classic sci-fi novel um, brought to the, you. You guys all know what Dune was. Yeah, anyway, it was amazing. Well, I don't know. Is. I don't know. I feel like I have to do a format point. Like I'm on, suddenly on BBC Radio <laughs> One. Um, so I just I ha- like this is the kind of thing for me that I I go to the cinema for big epic sci-fi. Um, movies on screen and I think this didn't like catch me like I would say like you know we've spoke about Sign of Metal earlier where it's like heartfelt character journey where I'm, I'm like invested in this character and the emotion I 
didn't get that in Dune um, and I, I didn't really get that in um, Blade Runner 2049 his last movie either but what I get from these movies is spectacle right and I think nobody does like grandeur and spectacle like Denis Villeneuve like the the sense of scale in this movie is just incredible and and we spoke about this on our on our review of it but like I can't tell the I can't tell where computer starts and set begins, right? Yeah, it looks him. like it was all made on location, which of course is impossible. No, it, 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 but he <laughs> he he creates a sense of grandeur scale and just like epic proportions with his movies, whether that's you know looking at um a giant robot hologram in Blade Runner 2049 or just this like um a, a man standing in front of a sandworm. It's it's and and just like all the ships looked real and believable I was invested in this world it felt like I was there the plot is kind of intriguing but familiar to me I've read the book and um, seen that so so that's so really what was propelling me was just this sense of awe in this um, and everyone's doing good work I think it's a really strong cast but yeah uh, Dune you know uh, I will definitely will be there for a part two I really like Dune as well it's not on my list but uh, yeah I thought it was brilliant spectacle right what's on, your, what's on your number but mainly because Oscar Isaac was in it and at one point naked Um, my number two of the year is a funny the way releases work at the moment Um, it's a movie that I saw at the opening night of the Cork Film Festival um, which is a brilliant film festival that I've been really chuffed this year to um, become one of the board of directors but it was in the opening night there and it, it did some just festival just like, stuff can we just like uh, that, that was just such a throwaway thing you did there but like Cathy is, is on is Cathy is on the board of directors for a film festival <laughs> right a great film that festival that is cool thank you from the um, the city we're from and love and uh, it's a voluntary position and I love it and anyway the opening night they had Ali and Ava which is a truly wonderful movie but is not coming I think until next year in the UK cinemas so guys all look out for it I think it's next March and I know our listeners will absolutely love this movie um, so it's a British movie it's set in the city of Bradford which is a city I've never visited and it's directed by Cleo Barnard however after watching this movie I felt like I went to Bradford you know the way it's like such a cliche when you're like the character is the city is a character it's all filmed around the valley so the whole city is like up in lights for the movie and it's so beautiful which was really cool and funnily I watch it like a year later on the valley so it, like that was very resonant and wonderful thing but it stars Adil Akhtar and Claire Rushbrook right neither of whom I think I've seen in anything before and they play uh, he plays a guy called Ali she plays a woman called Ava oh and <laughs> oh really it's just very unusual story I'm not going to tell you too much but like it's about two people who meet he's British Asian a uh, guy who's like in his kind of probably early 40s an aspiring DJ but he's a landlord and she's a British Irish woman who's like in her 50s has loads of kids has had a very traumatic past and works as like a teaching assistant so really normal jobs really normal people and we kind of meet them as they meet each other and connect and the world around them is explored and it's just so joyous I watched it with my mum in in, at the film festival opening and we were so happy when we watched this movie and it was like peep, a city I've never seen before and like characters I've never seen before on screen interacting in very interesting ways like music is a really big part of their lives and I love how the music mixes they both have really different tastes in music for example there's this really amazing scene 
where like each actor has headphones in and they're listening to their own music because they've really different tastes but like they're dancing together and we're like hearing the music through their headphones and that's kind of an example of how creative it is that I'm not doing justice at all by describing uh, but I felt really wonderful after watching this movie and I felt like it was really deserving of opening the film festival and I, I hope all of our listeners go and watch it next year when it comes out in the UK and how does there is this so the movie's about their relationship developing or it's not a pre-existing relationship yeah it's not a pre-existing relationship and it's not necessarily like the most it's not necessarily like a romantic movie it's just about two people who meet and their paths cross and yeah. we meet them and their families and, the, and kind of get a glimpse into their lives so yeah so it's about commonalities between cultures and why are you trying to tell me what it's about when you I don't know it? asking this way asking <laughs> it was a question it's about just the human experience of when you meet an interesting person and how your lives can connect all in the backdrop of this wonderful city okay brilliant so that's Ali and Eva Ali it's and Ava Ava sorry and it's, and it's coming out next year not out in 2021 but it is it's out out in 2022 because it was in loads of film festivals this year <laughs> so I you know call I mean? bullshit it's no it's fair bullshit. enough okay. it was uh, out I saw it in the cinema yeah okay okay alright you saw it at a very select, early, exclusive It screening. wasn't exclusive. Anyone were, could go. Because you're in the elite now. <laughs> Anyone um, could go. I bought a ticket to go. It's a charity. <laughs> right. So um, that's Cathy's number two. So my number two of the year is The Suicide Squad. What? Um, yeah, I know, right? That's I, I'm surprised as well. Um, Are you okay? <laughs> right, let me, to take this let me give some context, right? So firstly, I'm surprised that I... first there, There's no Marvel movies on my list this year. And probably the first what? year there hasn't been a Marvel movie on it. Um, I, I, you've double surprised me, though. <laughs> I don't know who you are So anymore. I got no Marvel movies on my list. And, you know, for anyone who listens to the podcast, you know I'm just obsessed with all the Marvel studio stuff and grew up with Marvel and Spider-Man and all that stuff. Um, not a big DC guy. And I think, you know, a lot of people would agree their output... Uh, the cinema has been a bit ropey for the last few years but this movie for me was just an insane amount of fun right this just hit a nerve for me it's everything I want in a um, I felt like do you know what I felt like watching this movie I felt like I was back as a teenager watching like 18s rated action movies again like the Arnie movies that I just grew up loving like can I say I love this movie it's nowhere on my movies of the year list though yeah that's fine yeah yeah and I look and I'm saying like this is the you said it at the top lists are just entirely subjective this is not me saying and this is why it's all stupid right I'm not saying that the Suicide Squad is a better movie than Doom Part One. That's <laughs> fundamentally a stupid statement. I don't right? think it's a stupid statement. In many ways, I, I mean, I enjoyed I it more Dune, than Doom. I think Dune is a bigger, a better, and bigger accomplishment, probably. But for whatever reason, me personally, Dave Corkery, this appealed to me. Right? It had. You know, I, I think I just vibe with James Gunn. Yeah, um, he makes good movies. He makes fun, entertaining, over-the-top, violent... You know, I, I think I have a thing, like a lot of people do, where there's something satisfying about ultra-violence on screen. When I, it's stylish. When it's stylish. Yeah, yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah, I don't like it when it's, like, uh, the, 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 um, the hostile or Saw movies. You know, yeah. that torture porn thing? That's not, that's not for me. I think entertaining action over the top violence is very entertaining this had a a, a, a cracking cast but it has it our was, number one favourite is Joel Kinnaman because we're obsessed with him after For All Mankind For All yeah. Mankind which is a, a brilliant TV series on Apple Plus I think this is a movie that's kept surprising me it's, it opens with just a load of surprises and just kept going 
Um, so this is, yeah, as I said, not probably not on a lot of people's lists, but for me, this was I, an absolute gem, a favorite of mine. I would rewatch this sooner than I'll watch Dune, for instance. Um, I just find out it was just an insanely fun ride at the cinema, and also just like kudos to James Gunn for just being able to come in and breathe life into a not only a universe, a DC universe that was feeling very stale, but just like a franchise that had been attempted a few years ago and was kind of a disaster. And to just turn that around and, and inject his own sort of sense of personality and pizzazz into it, uh, I, I just, a, an absolute blast. Um, had a great time. And, we did and I'm a glad big, I got to surprise Cathy as well. You really surprised me. And we did a bigger review of this where on our bigger chat about it, we also talk about like, the fact that James Gunn's ex-tweets how we like completely disagree with them um, so we've done a bigger chat on that over there but yes I really like this movie and thank you for surprising me on your list um, so what's your number one of the year? my number one is of course Promising Young Woman ah very good which if I were ever to dream of being a filmmaker I could but dream of making a movie like this um, do you dream of being a filmmaker? I don't, but if I did, this would be the movie I'd want <laughs> yeah. to make. Because um, I, I don't have the talent or the perseverance that somebody... I think you've got um, the talent. Like Emerald Fennell has. Uh, she's unbelievable. She wrote and directed it. She won the Oscar for Best Screenplay. She was nominated for Best Director. She's won awards all over the sun about it. Um, it's such a unique movie. Um, it's like nothing I've ever seen before. But if I were to like draw parallels, I would say it has like the kind of slick vibes of something like Clueless. But like, and she says, as cited that as an inspiration, the music, like how she captures like naughty pop culture and yes. music, is so cool. What's that song that comes the on Paris when they're Hilton in the shop? Song. Is it a Paris Hilton yeah, song? Yeah, she, yeah. In fact, she wanted that Paris Hilton song. I listened to her on soundtracking, you know, the brilliant Edith Bowman podcast, which I really recommend. Um, when you've seen a good movie with good music, you go and listen to that podcast about it. But she worked so hard. She wrote a letter to Paris Hilton to ask if she could get the song for that scene. Like, she wanted that song so bad. Um, you know, all the stars are burning. I can't quite remember how it goes now, but um, it works so well. It's a so fun well. scene. I'd never heard of Bo Burnham until this year, by the way, and suddenly he's all over the place being amazing. Bo Burnham and... Um, Inside, by the way, I class as a TV series... It's a, it's a TV special. Sorry, incidentally, it's a TV special rather than a movie. Otherwise, it would, would have featured somewhere in this episode yeah, for me. Yeah, and Bo Burnham's but Inside is a TV I special. I am going to talk you about digress. it over on our TV bit. Uh, sorry, Carrie Mulligan on. and Bo Burnham are amazing together. But Carrie Mulligan, as I mentioned when you were talking about it, I never knew she... I knew she was good. I always knew she was good. I also knew she was very talented. We've seen her in movies like Inside Lewin Davis where like I realised how much musical ability she has as well as acting ability. She blew me away. I, and I think what when you talked about it but with this movie why this movie's so important is not only is it an absolutely brilliant kind of revenge thriller with dark comedy which things that are hard enough to pull together at the best of times it explores like the patriarchy and sexual dynamics and sexual assault and grief like really really heavy themes and doesn't shy away from them at all like the movie's about that you know if you were to think of two words to think what this movie's about I would say it's about consent and it's about grief and watching this movie is really shocking and particularly like we grew up in like we were in university in the noughties so very similar ages to the people in this movie 
And when I think back to our college years, and I'm, you know, being really honest with ourselves, were we all in situations that were right? No. Were we... Do we know friends who who acted always appropriately? No. Um, like, when you, when you look at all the characters in this movie and they're all kind of privy to this event that was really wrong and they're all trying to kind of reckon with it in different ways, it's... It's just like I'm not articulating it very well, but how no, she reckoned I, I, with this is phenomenal to me. How she was able to explore it with nuance um, and seek justice where it wasn't uh, available. Yeah, like you know, we all know the stats around sexual assault and how many people are actually convicted, and we also know that how many th- and the title of this movie is so clever because how many young men have gotten off on sexual assault particularly in universities because they say well he's such a promising young man this shouldn't ruin his life you know he made a mistake when he had a bit too much to drink but didn't achieve too much to drink as well and who knows what really happened and to call this promising young woman and to have Kerry Mulligan as this vigilante like avenging her friend and Kerry Mulligan's lost her life because she has spent her entire 20s on this spiral and this path that like nobody else cares about to support her on and um, yeah, it's quite something. The, the core, the core sort of uh, case or issue at the centre of this movie is not fiction, right? It is, it, it, it is out of the headlines. There was, you know, there's. Oh, it's happened it's to happened many women. It's happened in this country. Yeah, it's happened uh, to many women. Um, you know, it, it's yeah, it's you quite can, something. You could count them on, you know, it, it, it's problematic. And it's this movie is such a great look at all of that with such care and tenderness, but also with humour. And with thrills, because it's there's thrilling scenes in this movie. Yeah. And yeah, it's But phenomenal. it's also surprising, which is so hard to find. It's so surprising. From movies, yeah. especially when you watch as many as we have. It, it's like, I, I, I find it so rare to be surprised by a movie. I would say it's I one really of the best it. movies I've ever seen. And, th- and I would say having two boys, because a mother of two boys, I'm going to sit my kids down and make them watch this movie when they're probably in their mid-teens. And I'm going to, like, think of it as a teaching moment for them. Like, that's how powerful I think the movie is. So I think it's one of the best ones I've ever seen. And I just, I can't wait to see what she does next. Okay, but it's not as good as The Suicide Squad, according to my list. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, Right, that's Cathy's number one of the year. That's Promising Young Woman, which... uh, I don't know where you get that. You probably get that at it's on Sky Cinema. On Sky Cinema, but I'm sure it's on loads of other. That's where you we could watch probably it. Probably buy it on. You buy you a physical sure media copy, yeah, yeah. Um, but go see that. So my number one of the year, uh, Kathy. Can you guess it? I don't think you can. I thought it was going to be Spidey. You thought it was going to be Spider Man. Yeah. Now that's not on my list. Oh well, I now see that. Yeah, I don't think you can guess it. I, I think can't. I'm going to surprise you again. <laughs> my number one of the year is a movie we saw on Netflix many months ago. And it's called The Mitchells versus The Machines. Oh yes, I really like that movie. Um, I'm not. I'm not surprised now that you say that. This is just my jam, right? Whatever, yeah. whatever. Uh, this is, I have several jams. One of them is <laughs> ultra violent, over over the top action movies. The the other one is heartwarming family dramas in animation form. Um, now I think the things the thing that really just I love about this movie, and I just said it a minute ago, was uh, being surprised. Right? I feel like so much of cinema is just repeating itself or I'm you know I'm sitting there you're the same we sit there and you're just like okay he's the bad guy this is act one that you know there's Chekhov's gun whatever you can just like just list off all the things 
it's hard to be um, it's hard for me I feel a little jaded sometimes so I, I find it nice to see something I haven't seen before and is refreshing this movie delivered that to me uh, in a similar way to Into the Spider-Verse did a few years ago and it's by the same studio and it's got the same producers uh, which is my all-time fav- favourite filmmakers Chris Lord and, uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller Um they're, Have you set up your fan club for them yet? I am just obsessed with these guys. <laughs> and I've been listening to interviews with them and they are just... Not only are they like the nicest down-to-earth guys, but they are... You know, the, 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 their output is so... it's all, They're like auteurs, even when they're just producers, right? But they're guiding hand and influence. Like, they, they, they find talent um, and, and nurture it. And, you know, there's a, a brilliant interview with them over on the the filmmakers podcast from a few months ago and they speak about this movie um this was written and directed by a guy called mike rianda and this is his uh, like directorial debut and they speak phil lord and chris miller speak on that podcast about how he brought that this this idea to them it's very personal to him but it was about his own upbringing and his relationship with his dad um and how they could never connect and uh he brought them sort of a rough cut the thing in the storyboard and they said look it just like there was something there they could see the the sort of talent but it was just like it was too fast <laughs> too so, so they like they told him right you got to slow this down you got to add pace here you, this punchline's not landing that's how hands on they can get with sort of refining um refining their movies and i think the what you get is this just like the energy on display in this movie is reminiscent to me of Into the Spider-Verse the energy and creativity on screen like things are just like it's busy in the way the Lego movie was like it's just a visual assault but at the core of it is like is heart right and this is a family um, that is kind of you know ostensibly kind of quirky and, and, and weird which we have seen before but the relationship between the dad and the daughter is at the core of this and I personally identified with this closely as somebody who always struggled to find common ground with my dad right and you've got you know in this movie he's an outdoorsman um you know rugged sort of lumberjack type and she's this creative movie type which i also kind of identified with and they just can't seem to understand each other it's Mm -hmm. a it's a it's a it's a bridge and then a robot apocalypse happens which is just a load (laughs) of fun um so and then it kind of looks like into the spider-verse it, Which it, you love it's re- yes it's got it's got those vibes it's yeah. got that sort of it's got its own but it's also got its own sort of unique tone and palette um you know spider-verse did that sort of was really bringing to life the comic books you know felt like a comic book movie brought to life this feels like uh, just like the main characters like 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 a sort of a youtube movie it's very rough and there's like you know uh, she, like dog, dog dog heads will come up and it'll turn into different animation and it's just it's like out of literally out of somebody's imagination so if you haven't seen it I think it's it's also we watched it with our kids and they, they got a kick out of it yeah, kids um, really it's a it. great family movie it's very very funny um, and it's heartwarming and that, that for me that's all I want from a movie and it's got um, a great scene with that song my my and our one year old can actually if I go my he goes my so inspired by that this movie that song's been a joyous part of our family this year as well yeah. so that's uh, Mitchell's versus the Machines it's on Netflix so I think we'll take a quick break and get a coffee. And then we'll be back with our honourable mentions. You guys Irish. don't get a break, though. You don't. We'll be Unless back I guess you pause. Honourable mentions, disappointments and worst. 
Right, we're going to leave you uh, for a minute on uh, on that very song. Maya. What, the, what is this? Before we get on to our honourable mentions, you're going to hear from our son Oscar about all the films he saw at the cinema this year. My name is Oscar and I'm four years old. What movies did you see in the cinema this year? Rayon the Lost Wagon, Dog Tanyan, Peter Rabbit, Space Sam, Puxel, Baby, and Encanto. Oh, and which was your favourite? Encanto. Hi, we're back, so we're going to run down um, our honourable mentions, the movies that we enjoyed but didn't make uh, our list, and uh, then uh, our most disappointing movies of 2021. And the one, because we're just picking one, I think, yeah. that we thought was the worst mm-hmm. movie we saw in yeah. 2021. Right. Cathy, what do you got? Hit me hit me with some honourable mentions, and then I'll hit you with some honourable mentions. I just want to give an honourable mention to East Cork, where we're walking around mm. by the river, and it's really sunny, which is, is wildly unexpected for late day. December. Yeah. Uh, uh, and day. a lovely day to podcast with you. Uh, you too. Um, honourable mentions. I want to give an honourable mention to Don't Look Up, because I see it's being absolutely trashed online by a lot of people. It's very Marmite. We didn't record an episode on it because when we just watched it on Netflix a couple of nights ago. I don't think, like, Don't Look Up is one of the best movies I've ever seen. Um, I appreciate it's, like, heavy-handed and a bit on the nose. However, I actually think a movie about imminent climate change should be heavy-handed. I found it very funny, and I really enjoyed seeing Leonardo DiCaprio play against type. And, it was yeah, a great cast. I had fun with it. I thought, and I thought the cast had fun. The that's on my. It. That's on my list as I well. I it. definitely think it deserves an honourable mention. Yeah, it's on Netflix. Don't look up. It's yeah. It it is heavy-handed and kind of obvious, but also. Um, but so is climate change, and yet half the yeah, yeah it's, kind, it. it's kind of the point. And and I, I found it kind of. I found that the reviews are being unfair by comp- comparing it to like saying like this would have been better in the hands of Armando Iannucci. It's just like, it's like but it's not I his think, movie. Like, why? I know. He, just like, judge it by its own merits. Yeah. And I think I think part of the problem is um, Adam McKay, um, who directs it. I think there's a vibe with him. Like I didn't really like The Big Short, which he also made. Yeah, me neither. There's a vibe of him where he's like thinks he's cleverer than he is, and there are little. There's a little bit of this in this movie, perhaps, but. I, I, I agree with you. I laughed a lot. I thought it was really funny, very entertaining. There's amazing actors here. It's the most I've enjoyed having, Leonardo DiCaprio in a long time. And Jennifer Lawrence, who's like obviously always brilliant. But it's also very, it's, it is an important subject matter that we're all aware of. And it, it's just, just pointing out the obvious that we're all just idly sitting by in many ways yeah, like COP26, while these things happen. COP26 happened this year and it was like this big kind of circus event for a few weeks. It's like, oh, we've done that now. Yeah. No, they didn't sign the deals they wanted Nothing to sign. Nothing is happening. <laughs> 
and we're all just waiting for it. And I thought it was. It also works as a brilliant sort of play on um, the traditional movie disaster movie. It's so Sorry, did. right, right, because like Independence Day yeah. or 2012 or any of those. Things. We love disaster movies because it starts like one of those movies, and you're like, oh, here we go. They're getting yeah. to see the president, and then where it goes. I mean, I I, I genuinely had a great time yeah. with it. I'm and with an you. actor I'm genuinely not a fan of either. Did very. I thought Jonah Hill was great in this. Anyway. Uh, another one got? I wanted to mention was Barb and Sargo to Vista Del Mar <gasps> which I My God, yeah, think that, we saw on Amazon I think that might have been from 2020 uh, but oh. either way we saw it this year and it was so fun yeah, great pr- crack I think Prime Video wasn't it? yeah it was very fun uh, kind of like if they turn an SNL sketch into like a full movie but it's actually good <laughs> Uh, and yeah. um, I laughed so much in this movie I had great fun with it it's really colourful and bright and and, and Jamie yeah. Dornan's best performance ever in anything I thought yeah. I was like, certainly not the typical choice for a comedy no but um, he he has a musical number in this which really made really, me laugh yeah. properly funny so Barb yeah. and Sarah go to Vista Del Mar and thank you for all of our patrons actually um, and some of you guys on Twitter who really kind of told us we should watch it we did and we liked it so thank you um, give me more Dune for all the reasons you yeah. said it's on my honour of mention thought it was great done Dune part one of course uh, Spider-Man No D- Way Home done is actually how you pronounce that movie <laughs> everyone's saying it wrong or some of my boss at work told me one. it's actually Dune and that we pronounced it wrong for our whole podcast um, Spider-Man No Way Home I had great fun watching this in the cinema um, we just did a full review on it so you can scroll back on the feed and listen but um, while there were some glaring plot holes <laughs> I had so much fun with that movie and I came out of the cinema with a big smile on my face which is really all I ask for these days can I, can, Do you mind if I um, take the bat on now and, and oh, talk I about just, that for a minute? I could just see Dave itching to speak <laughs> as I spoke as I dared to say a Marvel movie's name well, which just, I thought was going to be in your top five Yeah, I, I, Well, I, I thought it might have been as well but it... Uh, and I really liked that movie and I go back and listen to our episode I had a brilliant time it was brilliant uh, as a fan service sort of to Spider-Man it was a joy um, but I don't think it's a. I don't think it's a great film. Uh, certainly, that's why it didn't crack my my top list. Or it didn't. Uh, it's no Suicide Squad two. <laughs> yeah, I, if you'd have told me at the beginning of the year that I would pr- have more fun with the Suicide Squad than Spider Man, uh, I just said you were crazy. But anyway, I, I might just list off because I've got um, all the um, the Marvel movies that were released this year on my um, on my list, and I'll tell you three of them are in honorable mentions. Ooh. And those are Spider-Man No Way Home, Shang-Chi, The Legend of the Ten Rings, and um, Black Widow. And I thought... Oh, they're all in my honourable mentions So let's well. just talk about them briefly. And then there's the fourth one which was released, which is in my most disappointing oh. of the year, which was Eternals. Um, so I'll say, I think they ha- the studio had a, a good year overall, right? It was a year um, where they, they released those four movies and they uh, had their they sort of debut TV on TV. Um, on Disney Plus and we'll talk about all of those TV shows over on our TV episode which is also available but um, for the movies the I think they had a really good year actually for movies probably better overall than the TV shows Black Widow was a real surprise we both enjoyed it go listen yeah. to our episode Shang-Chi was a, a lot of fun felt like a little bit uh, felt a little bit different it was bright and colourful and Spider-Man No Way Home we have banged on about forever um, have so, we? Over on our episode, um, <laughs> so I think really, really strong year. I think, and I think interesting um, as well. You know, shift in an interesting shift finally for Marvel Studios and Disney and the cinema in general, where you look at the four big blockbuster movies they released this year, um, in which 
two of them were female leads, two of them were Asian leads, and uh, also good representation for Spider-Men. <laughs> you know, the underrepresented Spider-Men of the world. Um, uh, yeah, and a female director. And a female director, yes. Yeah. Um, but no, it's interesting to me that they've not made your list. I think that's a bad sign for uh, Really Marvel. telling, but actually, no, I thought I thought they had a... I, I'm saying I thought they had a good year. They just didn't have a great an year. amazing year. Yeah. Um, also on my list, don't laugh, don't at me, Dave. Okay. I had great fun watching Space Jam in the cinema. Oh, my God. <laughs> not only the space, the space did I not have fun watching Space, the terrible Space Jam, which we haven't spoken about here because we never got around to recording anything on it. Yeah, Space Jam. I forgot legacy? that movie existed. It didn't even feature anywhere on is my list. Is it called Space on the New Le- Legacy? Space Jam, A New Legacy, yes. Anyway, why I had so much fun with it is because we went uh, with our kids and my niece and nephew and my our son Oscar who's four and his cousins Neve and Killian who were six and eight they were like they've never kind they don't know the beats of a sports movie so when like spoiler but the Space Jam team wins the basketball game uh, the three of them were like oh my god they yeah, they were so clapping. happy. They were cheering. Yeah. Oh my god, I had a load of fun with it. I thought Dan Cheadle was great. I thought, um, God, who's the basketball guy who's the star? Uh, oh shit. <laughs> um, I don't know anything about basketball. Was it LeBron? Name? LeBron James, yeah. Uh, I thought he was a really decent actor, like, really held his own on screen. He was okay. I thought this guy, he tried. the guy who played his son, was great. And, yeah, uh, kid, good kid actor. Yeah, I, I had, you know what? I had a load of fun watching it. Yeah. And like as a family movie, I really recommend it. And Mac fucking sour face over here in the corner, Dave bitched and moaned about it. No, come on. Uh, look, I think it. everything you said is fine, except it's a shit movie. It's a terrible <laughs> movie, and nobody should ever watch it. Right? And this is the best day ever for our kids, right? We brought them to McDonald's beforehand, and they got the Space Jam toy in their Happy Meal, and like. Come on, when you're a kid, if your yeah. Happy Meal toy matches the movie you're about to see, our kids nothing's had, better. Our kids had a great time, and you you actually disappointed me though when we came out of the movie, and you could tell that I thought it was terrible, but you didn't you didn't give me a chance to at least pretend to um, our kids and, and and our niece and nephew that I didn't want to undermine their experience. So I I so you so you were you went something like. Oh, Dave. Well, Dave didn't enjoy it. And I was like, no, guys, I thought it was brilliant. <laughs> like, Kathy, why did you reveal my inner thoughts to the, to the children? I can um, promise you they weren't listening and were playing with their Space Jam balls. But, and then our son Oscar always wants to play basketball now. It's just so cute. I, I will Come say on. the reason I don't like this movie is, one, it's a terrible formulaic movie. Uh, two, it is a, a, it is a absolutely disgusting mountain uh, a t- mountainic testament <laughs> to the to the state of commercial properties and IP in movies. Where oh, as opposed to the Amazing Spider-Man two or whatever the fuck. No, the Spider-Man movie by comparison does a lot of similar nostalgia baiting, but does it a with reverence and um, kind of um, uh, and ac- and actually adds to what came before, right? Whereas this is just hey. 
It literally just felt like it, at one point there is a room in this movie, a room filled with Warner Brothers studio executives <laughs> coming up with like how they're going to bring all their properties to life in the fucking Warner Dave, or something. You should have had it on your worst list if you wanted to go. It to is literally, list. and I guess they thought they were being so clever and meta. I thought it was clever. I it's loved not they clever. In it's just list. It's just like Ready Player One. It's just like look, here's another thing. Look, and then and then it's just all these properties don't even make sense in a kids movie. I You've really got, like, enjoyed there's, it. There's like they dug into the the. Conjuring and the nun there's horror the it the clown the clown from it is just watching the basketball game in a kids movie what's going on who's what's this for is, I agree crack at it now my last dreadful honorable mention is a movie that I just watched this week actually on Disney Plus I swear I don't have recency bias um, it usually it's the kind of movie that would have made my top five it's called Encanto it's a Pixar movie about a, a girl and her family and their magical home and it's really wonderful um, it's, I really recommend it as an animation um, and our kids really enjoyed it as well but it's interesting because the songs are by Lin-Manuel Miranda speak his name again but this you know what it's no Moana like in terms of the music there's just one really good song we don't talk about Bruno, no, 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 no. But that one good song is not getting your Pixar movie into my top five when it's a musical. I totally agree I with you. I wanted more musically. However, it's a wonderful movie with a lovely message and oh, be- I really recommend it. I, I, it's on my list as well. It's beautiful, it's colourful, it's vibrant. I think I think the music like feels infused with sort of... Um, oh, God, sorry, God, sorry, guys. I think it's from... Colo- it's set in Colombia, I think. Um, but cor- correct me if I'm wrong. The um, but the it feels like it's infused with like South American culture. Um, the the music is in general. But you're you're totally and I and I had a lot of fun with it. The characters are lovely. The uh, but you're right. Uh, there's no right. There's, there's no bangers. There's in no it. bangers. There's yeah. no let it go. There's no um. There's, there's nothing no, like on the level of Moana or you're yeah. welcome. And I think the difference is like the 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 songs feel like they're from. A musical. That's where Lin Manuel Miranda's background is from, and I mean the kind of musical where you know we've walked out of musical theatre and we've seen some amazing plays like Matilda, Groundhog Day, um, um, Wicked. Wicked, right? Yeah. And, and and ones where you, if you asked me right now to call to mind any of the music from those shows, I couldn't. But in the moment, uh, and same with Hamilton. You know, I'm sure a lot of people can call to mind Hamilton quick, but I I thought. Um, but in the moment, it's like it, the, the it's just this fast talking, progressing of the plot. Yeah, and it does that very well. In it Encanto. does that very yeah. well. Like she, she, there's a whole exposition song at the beginning. Yeah, which is where great. Where she introduces yeah. the whole family. Yeah, it's great. And it's done really, really cleverly. I and just want to come out of it singing the songs, though. That's my requirement. Yeah, but the I say the song writing uh, is top notch. Like the way that he plays with words really well. Yeah, um, it's, I mean they're and it's brilliant. Very, very funny. I know it's a great movie, and it, it's very colourful. So. It's great for adults. It's great for older kids. And then our one-year-old actually really enjoyed it just because it was so colourful. And, and that's our, unusual. Our that kids he'll have watched watch it anything. twice. I took I took them to the cinema to th- see this. And uh, yeah, our twenty-month-year-old sat through the whole thing. Yeah, that's pretty um, mind-blowing. And um, so that's how colourful it is. So yeah, there are my honourable mentions. Okay, well I'll Thank stay. Thank you for trashing one of them. I'll stay on. Um, Write your own list. I mean, come on, Space Jam got an honourable mention. Are you okay? Are you... I can't be at this point. The fact that I've seen fuck all what films is wrong this year. With you? Um, I'll stay. I'll stay on the the sort of animation. 
No, but because it was a wonderful cinema experience. Like, I had so oh, much fun sure. watching it with the kids. Okay. Like, I actually really often judge movies by how I experience them in the cinema. Okay. And when they all three were so shocked that the Looney Tunes won the basketball I mean, match. That is funny. <laughs> um, okay, I'll stay, I'll stay on the, the Disney Pixar thing because they, they released a few things this year which are on my list. So, in Canto, we've talked about another one which I'm surprised you didn't mention, which we saw at the beginning of the year, was Ray and the Last Dragon. Which oh, was sugar, I forgot about absolutely it. Yeah. awesome. Sorry. Um, I really, really that. good. We did a whole episode on that, so go go back and listen to that. that. That's all. It's now been added to my list. And then we didn't talk about this, but we also saw Luca on Disney Plus, which was the Pixar movie released this year, which was a kind of a really sweet tale about um. Uh, oh, set in a, Italy. A set in Italy, yeah. a boy becomes a sea monster. That um, was lovely. And uh, yeah, really sweet sort of small tale. But for me, what was interesting was that I think the past few years have shown that I I think. The Disney Animation Studio is kind of hitting it out of the park a bit more for me than Pixar. So did Disney make Luca? Pixar made Luca and the Disney Disney Studios, whatever. I mean, they're all owned by Disney, yeah. anyway, but whatever, there's a difference. Uh, they made Encanto and oh, Rey and sorry, the Last Dragon. Oh, sorry, I said it was Pixar when I spoke about it. Yeah, yeah um, they're brilliant. They've kind of very much merged. Like, before you could very clearly differentiate a Disney from a Pixar. It's much harder to do so now. Um, but Rey and the Dragon, yeah, we did a full review on that, but it's a great movie. Well, at one stage, Pixar was my favourite, right, in the noughties, what I would have said was are my favourite, like, movie studio, right? Mm-hmm. Or produ- production studio. Like they like I'm talking Finding Nemo and Wall-E and these up and these amazing like brand new uh, sort of individually expressed kind of things. Now we're, I'm getting that from I never thought I'd say that Sony Animation uh, with Mitchells and the Machine, Spider Spider Verse, all that kind of stuff. They, that that's where you get creativity and ingenuity. But now. I mean, Pixar was bought by Disney. You are never going to say innovative yeah, they're not the new kid on the block anymore know. you know they're they are now they're the establishment, the establishment they're Toy yeah. Story 4 yeah um, which was I love by the way but you know it's not new um, alright few more honourable mentions for me um, this I don't think this movie was released this year but we saw it this year so a bit of a cheat <laughs> but Sorry, say- you called bullshit on me on a movie I saw oh, in yeah, this is on this an honourable mention you're on you're, you're sticking things in your list um, St. <laughs> Maud. I think it was made like a few years ago but we've caught up with it this year but that's a cracking horror film my yeah, god go brilliant. see that everybody and we did do a full review on that one um, I saw a movie the other day which you haven't seen uh, on Netflix with Jake Gyllenhaal uh, called The Guilty um, and that's a re- I think Kathy, you'd really like it. It's really sh- like tight ninety minute one of those like thrillers that's all set in one room. You had me at ninety minutes. Where, oh, right, it's, it's so such a lovely running time. <laughs> Jake Gyllenhaal plays a, a police um, or emergency dispatcher, a nine one one dispatcher. Um, it's an incredible performance by him. It's written by Nick Pilatzadis. I can't say his name properly. The guy who wrote True Detective and directed by Antoine Fuqua, um, Denzel Washington's mate. Uh, who did Training Day and uh, The Equalizer and all those things uh, so it's got it's like really like tense and claustrophobic and brilliant um, I gotta give a shout out to Zack Snyder's Justice League because um, it's such an improbable movie to exist um, oh yeah we enjoyed that and we did we, we both really enjoyed it and I thought it was an improvement over what we saw in the cinema and I so think we did a really big review on that one we did uh, lot lot, to talk lots about. to say there yeah, I, Palm Springs about. you talked about but I've got here um, and another one I'll finish on this um, No Time to Die has not oh been my mentioned oh god I forgot about it 
anywhere, <laughs> but deserves, right? That, that would be on a, your honorable mention. That was a Should great be. movie, yeah. yeah. That was a great movie. We had a brilliant no, time I was in the too cinema. busy re- reminiscing about my trip to Space Jam. <laughs> I can't I believe Space Jam movie. got in there ahead of this. Um, no, I really like No Time to Die, and we did a full review on that one. And if we had a most surprised most surprising section this would be the biggest yeah. surprise because for we're me because we two Bond naysayers and we don't like we Bond having the time of our lives and we loved this movie yeah we loved it uh, oh so, thank you for saying that I'm delighted you brought that up yeah no worries it's just a small indie movie with no publicity that it like guys my mind. seek it out if you can find it <laughs> <laughs> right um, okay will we move on to our most disappointing of the year yeah I've got four. Ooh, okay let me find my list what have you got Will I go while you bring I've up your list? I've got three. Okay, go for it. My first disappointing, and I hate to say it because I was... And, and I think I just want to explain why something is disappointing to me. I think we've got the same thing. We probably do. Usually it'll be disappointing because it's either a story you already know that's being adapted, or it's a sequel, so you've something to kind of compare it to, or it's, say, a creator who has made stuff in the past that's very good, so you're expecting it to yeah. be good. That's why things can be disappointing. Thank you for explaining a what new, the word disappointing no, means. A new film ha- that I've never heard of can't disappoint me. It hasn't. It, all right, I think what you're going to say is it might not be a bad film, but it hasn't met our expectations. Exactly what I'm trying to say, yeah. which is why Last Night in Soho. Yeah, that's my most disappointing. Which was my most well. anticipated movie of the year. Was it? Yeah. I was that was so, your most anticipated movie? I was movie? so excited oh, when wow. I saw a trailer for it. Um, because visually it's stunning. It's by Edgar Wright. Obviously, we know he can make great movies. Um, it's visually stunning. The setting is extremely cool. Yeah, it's a- the premise is extremely cool. But how it was executed, yeah. In the end, I was actually like bored to tears by it, and and thought it was a very lackluster movie. I think, I think, I, I, and we were I agree with you. We were going to do an episode on it, and we were like, do you know what? We don't have enough time. Like, we don't really like recording episodes when we're like. Being negative, movies. yeah, and I don't want. I think I have so much time and respect for Edgar Wright. Yeah, I think like he's an amazing he's movie maker. And like I said, there's so much good things to say about this movie. Like it, it looks, it looks amazing. Yeah, from from a directorial level. Yeah, the way he uh, shot this movie and all the little tricks. I spent a, a lot of time after we watched it, um, going back and looking at how he did all the mirror tricks. Right, there's yeah, no. He's cool, someone yeah. who doesn't lean on. CG like he did all the, yeah. the you know we won't talk about the plot of this movie but there's kind of quantum leap moments where someone's looking in a mirror and seeing a different face right and there's like so much stuff in like the swinging 60s in London oh, which the, looks the, so amazing the costumes are in this are yeah. incredible the production design is brilliant but the thing that lets it down is the script yeah. um, and I think he wrote it as well it's so I'm sorry important. but like it's the it's the so um Cliched, yeah. right? Um, un- unfortunately, it's. I feel like I've seen this before. It's very ho hum kind of thriller. I predicted the whole end. Yeah, it which was it, supposed to be a twist. It's like, and and look, there's kind of good performances in this, but it's just, I just felt, it just felt like a really lackluster B movie thriller that had been given a real sheen, an Edgar Wright sheen. Um, in the execution so yeah very. Re- I'm really disappointed by it I wanted it to be better and can I just like lead very e- easily from that into my next disappointing yeah um, so last night in Soho stars Thomasin McKenzie who also starred in Old which was the M. Night Shyamalan 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 movie yeah. that came out this year is that on your list as well yeah yeah because Old again had such a great premise we know what he can do I really enjoyed it like we had a laugh at it but as the more I analysed afterwards I thought he he didn't stick the landing 
and the how the premise of the movie how it was shot how it looked was all great again much like last night in Soho but the movie will not go down as a great because because of the writing but can I say that one of the two writer directors Thomas and Mackenzie in old has a very strange way of speaking which is appropriate for the character in that movie but then that's also how she was speaking in last night in Soho and I hate to say this but like she basically ruined two movies for me (laughs) and I you know I don't speak ill of actors but like when someone's entire voice is a sexy baby voice, I just can't listen to them. Um, and then my third most disappointment was... Sorry, can we, can we stay on old for a second? Oh, yeah, that's yeah. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. Because I have that... And we did have such a laugh reviewing old, though. I'm going to jump ahead here just because we're talking apart. about it. But I thought old was the worst movie of the year. That's my worst movie of the year. However, I think it's so bad that it's good because... I also think it was one of I we one had of my, such crack yeah, watching it. So much fun. Yeah. And I would watch it again in a heartbeat. <laughs> but it's not a good movie. It is the worst movie. Like if objectively speaking, I think this is the from I think it's a bad movie. Yeah, but you say it's, objectively speaking sorry, it's not, a bad movie. Sorry, not objectively. Objectively I, speaking, it's wonderfully shot. Very well made movie with a terrible script. And and but I will say like I we <laughs> and said with the sexy baby we voice. said it on our review. But I love how you said it's appropriate in that movie because it is. But um, we said in our review of that, and I go listen to that because we had so much fun. We talked about it for ages, and it's stu- so stupid. But yeah, we unpick what, every plot hole. What we said in our review of that is like I am so happy that M. Night Shyamalan is out there in the world making batshit stuff like this (laughs) and he doesn't care he self-finances his movies and long may it continue because it was just a wonderful experience so this was but it's it's just terrible okay um, I have one more disappointment (laughs) go on uh, that you probably don't even remember we watched it's coming to America oh I forgot we watched that (laughs) it was on Prime Video Uh, I love coming to America the first one this is coming to as in the number two America um, they brought it back for, it just, for no reason uh, and just again just another not? thing yeah. to come out for no reason and, uh, remember that like thing Eddie Murphy's heart wasn't in it you know like and I know he's behind it and I you know he's probably had a lot of Botox or whatever but like he just was so kind of he was just going through the motions in this movie and when you've got the star going through the motions and then the plot doesn't really hold up and they're just going harking back to all the stuff that made the first movie really great but like point, doesn't really work it was just work. pointless and I was Wesley so, Snipes is, is a bit of Wesley fun Wesley Snipes is yeah. brilliant in it um, so I was so primed to like it and I like even as we're watching it I was like just trying to find the good things about it because I love the first one so much but um no, no. it was bad it was um, trick I'm, I'm conscious now as we do this chat of like how many movies we watched this year that we didn't end up doing podcasts on and that's um, because we don't have very good access to childcare guys so we don't like just recording them sitting on our sofa after we watch them because that's not really the premise of our did, podcast I mean did everyone did anyone want to come into America's cinema <laughs> episode well it's yeah, is exactly. there a demand for that um, um, and then so will I go to my worst movie then or do you no have I got, got a couple couple more from okay. most disappointing Fact Fast and the Furious 9, I think, I can't, can't even remember what it was called. But we had so much fun watching it. Yeah, but I, but I thought that... It was um, called F9. It was called F9, yeah, the Fast Saga or something. I was disappointed, again, you know, back to your definition, I don't think this was a bad movie. I thought it was relatively consistent with, you know, you, it, it, it's not below the level of a, fa- of a <laughs> Fast and Furious movie, right? You got, we got some, there were fucking crazy car chases and the magnets and some wild stuff happened. They went to space, right? Like crazy stuff, like, and a lot of fun. But, but they jumped the shark. I feel, yeah, they've just jumped the shark. It's just like, I just feel like this now, 
it wasn't as good as the last one and I feel like they've maybe hit a tipping point or they were over the hill and I'm I, sensing a theme here the movies that we're disappointed in like Fast and the Furious and Old are our most fun episodes to record because they're ones that we really want to be good so we'll go out of our way to try and find the good and the bad um, and have a nuanced discussion about them which is really fun because I, I, I agree I, I can't even remember Fast 9 but I do remember kind of having a bit of fun watching it but thinking I, it, it was shy. fun but I just I, fear, <laughs> I really love this franchise and I fear for it and I think this is so. I was a little bit disappointed in that, and I and I also feel like John. C, we disagree on this, but John Cena was miscast. Oh, I thought he was really funny. I, I think he was born to no, play Vin Diesel's brother. He was born. He's born to play um, comedic action roles, like he did in The Suicide Squad, the second best movie of 2021. <laughs> um, he, I actually think he was as good. He in both is movies. not. He cannot perform a straight-up sinister villain. He does not. He's not able to do that. The man is too funny. <laughs> And he is going to, once he's folded into the Fast family, he will shine in future films. Oh, I'm right? sure he'll really regret becoming a multi-millionaire because he's now in. No, the I'm franchise. not saying. I think he's miscast for this movie. In future movies, he will shine because um, he'll get to be funny and quirky and part of the family. Right. You've just reminded me of um, something I meant to do research on after we watched Fast Nine, but then I forgot it because obviously I didn't care about it after we watched it. Because the entire movie Charlize Theron is like in a glass box. And my theory was that she was like social distancing from the rest of the cast and crew because she was only brought in for like a few hours to shoot to like punch up the movie because like they needed more villain. Uh, and I forgot to check that out. So that's just, I'm just going to go with that theory. Yeah. I Have think you got more disappointing? Got two more. Um, Wonder Woman 1984 was a big disappointment that we both loved that first movie. Yeah. Um, you're right. This one was set in the 80s, you know, had Pet- Pedro Pascal as the bad guy. Uh, it had Chris, a lot going for it, but it didn't live compare. No, it's it's it didn't amount to the sum of its parts. There's good stuff in here, and it's kind of just a really kind Kristen of Wake's excellent, weird of and lackluster thing. Yeah. There's a whole thing where Chris Pine like quantum leaps into someone's body, and and it gets weird, um, <laughs> and not not good weird. Um, it's just like it's a weird movie, and I feel like did not capitalize on the brilliant success of the first one. Yeah. Um, and the last one is uh, Eternals, uh, which was, again, you know, I have high standards for Marvel movies, and I feel like this was a slip-up for them. And we tried this so is, hard to like it. We tried. Yeah. It's a, and, and look, we spoke in a review. There's a lot of good stuff in here. Yeah, I think it is. does actually come together at the end. And I think, unlike a lot of um, movies, uh, a lot, unlike a lot of superhero movies, which tend to be even average ones, tend to be, have a really good first and second act, and then it all falls apart in the end. It was weirdly the reverse yeah, for this. It was. It just took ages to get going. Kind of gears up in the second act, and then has quite a good. But I think conclusion. Chloe Zhao was done really dirty because, unlike almost any of the other films, she was given like thousands of years of plot to get in one movie. It yeah. should have been a TV series, or it should have been a trilogy. Like I actually think it was an impossible task. Yeah. And I, I think she managed to and grapple there were too many characters. as well it, as she it could. could. Have, yeah, it, it needed. You're talking about three thousand years uh, in the lives of ten characters in one movie. Exactly. And trying I, I to th- make that coherent. I think it was too ambitious. Um, you need to, if you if you're going to tackle this level of ambition, you need like someone like Denis Villeneuve to come in. No, I don't think it's that you need Denis Villeneuve to come in. I think it's that you sorry, don't put yeah. it into one movie. I, I, I sorry. I, I, she she had an impossible task. And I yeah. think like to to shoehorn it in when they did because clearly they just want these characters in other movies now is doing the characters in the film a disservice yes because I won't be excited on. to see these characters because I don't bloody know them because there's ten of them but and also I can't... do you find it's just like you know the way Marvel keep adding in characters between the movies and the TV shows 
and at this point when they show up you're just like cool shrug whatever there's that person from that show yeah like um, but then we're not talking about TV shows here but like in Hawkeye like they brought someone in from the movies I'm like cool like it makes no difference to my life yeah it's, it's just at this point just a vague vague shrug of my shoulder but then you see in Spider-Man the cinematic reaction you can get for just somebody from an old thing showing up yeah right? but that's someone that, yeah but, okay, that, but that's a much further reach they're fully fledged yeah, characters yeah, yeah. you know alright um, I think that kind of rounds it up unless you've anything else I have to do my worst of the year excuse oh, me oh sorry excuse me excuse uh, my me. worst of what is it I don't know what it of is of the year I mean if Space Jam for you is better than No Time to Die <laughs> then I don't know what no, this Space gonna Jam be. isn't better than No Time to Die um, they weren't ranked those lists um, my worst of the year was an utterly huge disappointment um, a book that I very much enjoyed a couple of years ago called The Woman in the Window oh, came out yeah, this year on yeah, Netflix yeah, yeah as an adaptation I haven't um, seen this the book is very much inspired by Rear Window um, the film very much is inspired by Rear Window as well uh, it stars Amy Adams it was like a recipe for success I'm like get you know the day it was really sat down to watch it great excitement now if you want to watch a movie that's entirely Amy Adams in a dressing gown crying and looking <laughs> out a window this is the movie for you <laughs> sounds good um, if you want to watch a complete and utter mess like scenes that don't make any sense it's such a drag it's interesting because the book was kind of derivative but I enjoyed it I thought it was a really good thriller but then the movie is just like completely derivative it's almost like in the movie they gave up like they knew it was just going straight to Netflix it would probably get like decent views because it was based on a book and like you know the way Amy Adams is such a good character actress she acted this too well so she's actually just acting someone who's like grieving alcoholic who's like really depressed so well that like it's impossible to watch the whole movie she's too, she's too good an actor she's for this movie she's not playing against yeah. anyone so you're just watching her looking out her window being miserable um, and if you were to you know like if you're trying to make a movie that's inspired by an Alfred Hitchcock movie it needs to be really good or like it's embarrassing drawing the comparisons and um, this movie was an embarrassment I would say it's the worst movie of the year and um, it's the, the worst vehicle I've ever seen Amy Adams in because she's such a star but I can see why she signed up for it because of course it was a huge book and even like the lighting was so terrible like the scenes were shot really poorly it was all set in this house but it didn't feel claustrophobic it just felt really boring and yeah complete and utter flop but, but we're now we're now at the point where this whole this whole um, series of uh thriller book book thrillers about girls on trains or looking out windows being adapted into movies has kind of hit its zenith the girl on the train was good though to the point to the point where Netflix you know this is how you know something's over the hill it's a Netflix are releasing I just googled it a a spoof movie called (laughs) the woman in the house across the street from the girl in the window oh my god starring Kristen Bell which is spoofing that movie and all these other movies (laughs) oh my god that sounds so bad and I will say the trailer doesn't look funny or good um, but the title is excellent so I mean I'll kudos, watch, I'll watch the first that. five minutes at a Netflix will count that as a view <laughs> yeah. um, so that's yeah, uh, that was my worst movie of the year and was very anticipated by me much like um, when I did last night in Toho was um, but it's interesting that it's like it's my worst movie of the year and you've old as your worst movie of the year old is a hundred times better than this movie <laughs> oh god yeah it really is <laughs> Like I, old, got, I, I old love old. I love old, but it's a terrible. <laughs> it's the worst movie I old saw this. It's got something unique, you know. It's got something about it. A woman in the window was just Amy Adams moping in a window. Oh God! Yeah, in a dressing gown. Yeah, and and actually asleep for large chunks of the movie. Large chunks of the movie is just a camera on Amy Adams' face <laughs> while she sleeps. <laughs> uh, okay, thank uh, thank you for listening, everyone. Let us know what your 
best worst most disappointing movies of the year were uh, in uh, on our social media at the Cinemile uh, on Facebook Twitter or Instagram or email us we love to get your emails we uh, love your emails the Cinemile at gmail.com and uh, Kathy, thank you for another brilliant year of podcasting you do and for, for being a lovely wife co-parenting and co-podcasting with me yes. um, the podcasting we admittedly have not seen enough or talked about as much movies as we wanted this year we'll be back with the bang in 2022 and we're hoping at some point we can go back to having like real life guests again and um, we had some wonderful remote guests this year but we'd really like to be back in full-fledged next year and actually going to the cinema more um, high hopes for childcare now that our son's nearly two and thank you yeah. everyone who continues to listen and support the podcast and I know a lot of you aren't getting to the cinema and seeing enough movies as much as you would want to either so here's for a better 2022 for all of us and thank you so yeah. much for your all continued support we love you guys and have a lovely new year thanks so much for listening happy new year and don't forget um, our best TV of the year episode is either available on your feed right now or will be there very shortly depending on how quick I edit <laughs> alright bye, bye. And I'm satisfied Oh no oh. Even though the gods are crazy Even though the stars are blind If you show me real love, baby I'll show you mine I can make it nice and naughty Make the devil and angel too Got a heart and soul and body Let's see what this love can do Maybe I'm perfect for ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What do you do when no one else is watching? What do you do that makes you happy for no reason at all? What are you obsessed with? I'm Leslie Arfin, and I'm a writer, but I'm also a dancer, a painter, a vapor, a dollhouse enthusiast, and basically just an overall hobbyist. My podcast, Filling the Void, is all about what other people are fanatically into. We talk about hobbies, even if you don't have one. Listen to Filling the Void on Tuesdays on the Erios Network. And subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the aging process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. <laughs> to be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.